for all NBA for all NBA warriors. You are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up, y'all? It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm here, Matt, Matt Fluential, with Justin, the package JG. And we're going to talk about this Warriors-Mavs game. Warriors lost, so still not great for their away record because I need people to stop talking about it now, which they're never going to stop. No matter once they even get back on track, it's going to be like, you know, they had a rough start to the season. You know, like it's just going to be one of those things now that will linger for the entire season because all night tonight they were just like, yeah, you know, they have like, the Mavs are only one of the only two teams that have like a worse road record than them. And they've been struggling. Like, do you guys even like, I'm fine with saying the Warriors are struggling, but like, do you actually look and see what the fuck was going on? Like, this is not the same as them. So like, this is just like a regular road loss. This isn't a continuation of them struggling on the road. And it's just like, they don't know how to make that distinction on the air. So it was annoying me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, especially after a convincing road win against, Minnesota, um, we knew what type of game this was going to be with Dallas desperate to get a win. Um, it's kind of like game four of the West Conference Finals last year, where it's like they they, they don't want to go out on their home court last year. They, they hit 23s in this game. I don't know how many threes they hit exactly, but role players playing out of their mind. Tim Hardaway Jr. found his jumper out of nowhere. He can't shoot the whole season. Now he can shoot. Right. Um, Josh Green hitting dagger threes and tough contested layups and then crunch time and stuff like that. It's like, all right, y'all, y'all got it. Like, you know, I, I don't think the Warriors were going to go out there with the balls to the wall, like back against the wall type of intensity um, on no. the road for this game. So, And they weren't playing is. Chris to start. I mean, they got into that big deficit to start the game. Um, that second unit actually like really got them back in it. Mm-hmm. Lamb played well tonight. So, of course, the goofy people are in my mentions like, oh, you're Lamb. I don't care if Lamb scores 30 points. Y'all never going to get me to say nice things about him. So I don't want him on the team. I don't care. (laughs) So they were like in my mentions, like, oh, he heard you. Um, But he was was really solid for them in his play tonight um, for most of the minutes he played. I mean, he just does the right things, you know, like – and let, like, let's, cause this is going to be a thing all season. So people who are new to the podcast or maybe don't follow me on Twitter. So, you know, Anthony Lamb was accused of sexual assault. Right. And so like the fan base is somewhat divided on this. Like some people are not comfortable with the fact that he has those allegations against him and that he's on the squad. I fall into the camp of being one of those people. So my preference, I don't care that he's not convicted. I care that he's accused. I care that there's just a lot out there that we don't know. Um, and so I'm not going to just be like, you know, F him and say all kinds of bad things about him. But I would just prefer that, like, until that was resolved, that he wasn't on the Warriors squad. So you're not going to catch me, like, cheering for him and going crazy for him. And that's just me. That being said, I can also acknowledge that he plays well within the system. Um, I didn't think, I didn't think that, like, when he was just like seeing all those minutes and like Kaminga couldn't get on the court and other people, I didn't love that. But Kaminga seems to have worked himself into the rotation. So um, Lamb did play well tonight. He was part of like that second unit that kind of like led the charge to help them get back into the game after deficit. I mean, they started like playing better anyway. Um, But then the second unit like 
they, you know, I mean, I think he helped to get the lead or tie the game. I can't remember, but he hit like a big shot. He got a lot of rebounds. Um, he had a couple of big threes. He just did a lot of good things on the court tonight. Um, you know, Clay's shot wasn't like falling, falling most of the night. Jordan still really isn't hitting open threes. Um, this mm-hmm. had to be like a game that had like so many travel calls that I've, you know, whatever. Um, and Steph also, it wasn't like his best. I mean, I know he had like 30 something, right? 31, 30 something, but it wasn't his best like game, just like performance. So, you know, when they show up like that, you know, and they're not like fully, fully dialed in. Um, Andrew Wiggins really was like bricking a lot of shots in the beginning, didn't sort of get going. So, you know, Dallas had all of the momentum and for it to still come down to basically a single possession at the end of the game where Clay got the cleanest, cleanest of looks (laughs) for that last shot. Like he literally could have tied that up. I Mm -hmm. mean, other than the, other than the Steph travel um, where he really should have drove all the looks they got, like the last six or seven looks they got were, either open or just really good looks that you can get in, in crunch time. Yeah. Um, so we couldn't really ask for a better, better execution, but it's just, you would, you would hope the shot making is a little bit better, but it's a role game in November. So. Yeah. I would just still like to see them rely a little bit more on defense because for many stretches of the game, it was just like shot for shot, which like, yes, I understand it's fun to watch, but like, I feel like if they would have locked down and put the clamps on, on defense, like, like Dallas's players are not that good. They're they're mm-hmm. really not that good offensively, and um, and so I think sometimes where I have concern is like, can they do that? Like, can we play that kind of defense? You know, you and I were talking a little bit like off air before we started recording, but you know, like totally agree with everyone. Like, Steph didn't need that three; he should have drove. But also that, like, I sometimes think, and I don't know, in this case, we'll see what he says post-game, because he admitted that, I think it was in the Charlotte game, that he was, like, doing a little hero ball. And so he might say that again. But I also think, you know, some of the calculation is, like, we're on the road, don't want to go to OT. There's Luca on the other end, right? Like, you you know, like, you just may not be able to get, like, the stops you need. And so, um, I mean, regardless, I know, like, they would have only been up one, even if he made that three. But still, like, um, it's a different scenario, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think they definitely consider stuff like that. Um, you can you can see it when Clay's shot was off. They were just kind of like, all right, like, it is what it is, you know. And then the standings in the West is so jumbled up that one loss here or there isn't going to, like, make or break your chances to, you know, climb up the standings, you know, as long as they – you know, win these three of the next four or five games, they should be in good position um, before they have like a, I think a major road trip coming up. But yeah. They have, they have Chicago and um, Houston, but those are back-to-backs and I don't know. I feel like Kerr has to get a little bit above 500 before all this just like continuing to sit people because like, then we're just going to mm-hmm. like get one game over 500 and then go back down to 500. You know what I mean? I feel right. like he needs to get like a little bit of a like, cause now they're back to 500, right? They were only one game over 500 and the loss tonight right. them back at 500. So I don't know. I hope they play this back to back because it's at home too, you know, cause they have like Chicago, Houston, back to back Friday and Saturday. 
And then those are like two winnable games. So like, I don't see a reason to like, just forfeit them Mm -hmm. to forfeit them, you know, Um, because they have a tough road trip coming up. So I feel like stack those two wins. You have Indiana at home, which actually I don't think will be an easy game, but you have Indiana coming. So that's three home games and they've been great though at home. They got Utah again on the road and then they have Boston coming into town. Also not going to be easy, but they have two games off before that two days off before that. So it's, it's, it's Chicago Friday, this coming Friday, Houston Saturday, the next week, Monday, Indiana, Wednesday away, Utah, at home, Boston, on Saturday, next Saturday, not this coming Saturday, before they go on a basically two-week road trip before Christmas. They have six games on the road. Okay. That includes two back-to-backs. Milwaukee, Indy, Milwaukee, Indy, New York, Brooklyn. Those are back-to-backs during that. Um, and then they have a few days off before Christmas. Okay. Um, well, the game before that, the games before that two-week road trip seem – it's a nice little slate of games, I think, if they take them seriously. You know, Boston's obviously been playing like the best team in the league so far this year, so that'll be a tough game. But at least they have two days to prepare for that one. But, you know, Clay's probably going to sit the back-to-back, um, the second half of the back-to-back against Houston. But if they play their guys and they take care of business early, um, Chicago should be a relatively easy win. Um, Houston should be a super easy win if they just take care of business early. Um, Indiana's been playing well, but that should be an easy win, to be honest. They just they, – they got some good players, but, you know, if the Warriors just come in and say, we're going to just beat y'all, they should beat them. Um and, yeah, they have a little bit of momentum before they go into uh, Boston. You know, they should go and beat Utah again. I don't think Utah – I think Utah is just kind of coming back down to earth. You know, just a bad matchup for Utah. Um, as we saw, like, Draymond and just they, – they passing is just going to eat them alive again. So, But they had the altitude and role players playing at home. So it'll probably be a closer game. That's true. Yeah, it, it'll probably be a closer game. But hopefully they, they win that one and then they, they – can have some momentum before they go um, and play Boston at home, but because that's going to be a huge game, obviously. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be, see. It that would be, be nice if they could win that next five um, before they go on that road trip, because I know Kerr's probably going to want to rest guys, and they'd be like five games over, you know, mm-hmm. five games over 500. 500. Yeah. Yeah. But even if they lose one of the next five, that would still be four games over 500. So um, let's see. Yeah, I think they'll be I think they'll be fine. Uh, Yeah, I mean, when you see a game like tonight where they didn't play their best, they still had a chance to win. And the other team is is playing with desperation. It's usually a good sign. Um, You know, obviously you don't want to sugarcoat any losses but it is a regular it is an 82 game season and you want to take the positives from from all the losses and all the games that you can and yeah they gave themselves a chance to win with guys not shooting well they were blistering hot for the last few games um and they were they were balanced to have a game where they're not really shooting as well and they were right there you know rokai stepped up kaminga had probably had his best game of the season um double double 14 and 10 he was 
trying his best to hound Luca as much as he can. Luca's just obviously an amazing player, and it's really hard to, to stop him. He did um, a really good job, though, on Luca, And, like, it's not even about the stops, but it's just, like, not jumping, not biting, like, just, you know, right. keeping Forcing him to on pass the a lot. Yes. For sure. For sure. And that's that's the potential that, that we've seen from since he came in the league, right? It's really hard to get by him, really hard to just body him up. Um, he Once his IQ just keeps growing and growing, he's already pretty good, like you said, on staying down and not falling for a lot of fakes and stuff like that. But once he gets even better at it and he gets a little bit stronger and stuff like that, you can see him being one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. You know, and then he shows some of his help side chops with just some of the shots that he challenges at the rim with that athleticism and, you know, rebounding and just kind of having, having an impact on the game that you would expect him to have with his athletic gifts. So um, he's been getting better and better. Each game is, is a good thing to see. He'll be good to go for the postseason. They keep playing him like this now. Yeah, I think so for sure. Um, I mean, he would still role. probably be like later in the rotation you think, but like, what kind of minutes potentially could you see him having like in the postseason? Um, somewhere probably with right now, probably in the 10 to 12 minute range, like two good rotations come in, play defense, you know, when they, if they match up against a Dallas or against Memphis or something like that. And they say, look, your, your role for the next rotation four or five minutes is to just guard Josh, to guard Luca for 94 feet make sure you eat up some of their shot clock. So they got to, you know, get into their sets real quick, which is going to force them to um, have a higher chance of turning the ball over or taking a quick shot. Um, stuff like that is super valuable in, in the postseason because every possession is valuable. So if he can come in and play that role, be kind of like the the ball hawk and then on defense, crashing the glass on offense, screening and rolling and just using his athleticism to force the uh, the defense to, react to him and create open shots for his teammates and just finish all the easy ones he does get, um, then he can have a, a really good impact. Uh, it's it's kind of what you saw. Like we, we keep bringing it back to Gary last year. That's exactly what his role was, right? Play extremely hard, guard the other team's best player or best perimeter player, and just finish everything in, in the basket, right? Um, so that's easy avenue for, for Joku to have a big impact. Um. The one thing I'd like him to get better at is free throws just because, like, he has so many, um, like, he can just draw fouls so easily. Like, he has so many, like, mismatch opportunities. And and even if he doesn't, like, score, like, trying to attack, like, he just gets called for fouls. But he's not converting. So I think he had maybe four shots tonight I think he got got there two and he went one right one for four so you know it's weird because like sometimes he has games where he makes like most of them but I would just like him to kind of get a little bit more consistent I don't expect him to be 90 percent but like right 75 to 80 yeah I mean 80 might be pushing a little bit but somewhere (laughs) in the 70 to 75 range just make three out of four you know or obviously seven out of ten that would be great um, if he gets ten free throws, that means he's he's playing really right. well. But <laughs> make three out of four, and, and they're good. Or some games, obviously four out of four, and some games two out of four. That's cool. Right. Um, and it's it's a rhythm thing, you know. Once because he's like you said, he draws so many fouls, so it's only a matter of minutes. Um, the more minutes he plays, the more fouls he's going to draw. The better rhythm he's going to be in. Um, and that goes for his three point shot too. You know, we we saw you hit that that big shot in the Thank corner. Um, I think that's the type of player that that he is. He's like. The, the more he plays, the more he gets acclimated and, and 
comfortable, um, the better his game shines through. So I don't think he's a bad shooter, really. I mean, like, he's not, like, a shooter, but he's not a complete brick. You know right. what I mean? Like, he's shown even last year he had a stretch of, I want to say, about 20-something games where he was shooting mid-30s, high-30s from three on, yeah. on, on low volume, but respectable volume. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just a matter of reps for him. Yeah, he's definitely not afraid of the moment, right? Right. And that's, I mean, he's he's essentially embodied the Warriors' like ethos since he's since he's been there, right? They obviously had their questions about like his his work ethic and all that type of stuff, the rumors that come up about that. But when it comes to like playing on the court, super competitive, not afraid of the moment, aggressive, plays with physicality, can play, can scale up and down positions as far as on defense stuff like that. That's the type of stuff that the Warriors have been made of for the entirety of this dynasty. So he, it's not a surprise that he fits right in. Yeah. Okay. Why don't we break right here and then come back with more? You guys are tuned into Golden Spaces with Justin and Nat. We'll be right back. 